1: Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Inside Tri Show with Helen Murray.
0: This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport
1: with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you
0: entertained and inspired while you're training.
1: And time to begin.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 128 of the Inside Tri Show sponsored by Resilient Nutrition who make nutrition products to help you perform at your best mentally and physically. I'm Helen Murray, and each week on the Inside Tri Show, I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. You're going to be hearing from British long-distance triathlete Kat Matthews this week after her recent second place at the Ironman World Championship in Utah. So we talk about that, we talk about having fun with Daniela Reef on the bike, we talk about her upcoming Sub 8 Project too. Oh, and the art of worrying as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're going to love it. And sticking with the Ironman World Champs, if you are listening to this pretty much as soon as it's out, so Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday morning, then here is the date for your diary. So this Friday, May the 20th at 7.30pm BST, so British summertime, Joanne Murphy from Try Talking Sport and I are going to be joining forces again for another tri-commute. We are going to be celebrating everything that happened in St. George on Zoom. We want you to join us as well. So Joanne was in Utah herself. She was the first female announcer to rock the finish line, and I bet she blooming rocked it. So to rock the finish line at, at an Ironman World Championships. And then all being well, this is the really, really exciting bit. I mean, working with Joanne is always exciting, but the really exciting thing is that, all being well, we are going to be joined by Kat Matthews herself, Ruth Assel, Laura Siddle, Fenella Language, Nikki Bartlett and Hilary Hughes and we would love you to join us. I've put the link in the show notes of this episode, sign up or just have a look over on social media at Inside Tri Show, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and you will find posts there with the details so hopefully see you on Friday. Now, I heard plenty of good things about the rock triathlon, which took place at the weekend, the the sort of the first one of the season. As you might know by now, I am going to be doing it in September. So they had one in Abasoch, the Wales one, for the first time this weekend and or the first time this year, clearly. And then they do another one in September. That is the one I will be doing. I do need to get my backside across to Snowdonia again at some point for a bit of a recce. Before then, I have got Love Swim Run in Lamberis. That's next month. It's all very Welsh, isn't it? I'm loving it, doing all these local races. And uh, yeah, last weekend, I did do a bit of swim run training. And then again, this weekend just gone. I went again, but this time it really hit me just how slow I am swimming in trainers. It's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. Like fun, but hard. Fun but hard. And when you're in the water, you're like, oh, I'm quite looking forward to a bit of a run, actually. And then you get running and you get a little bit warm in your wetsuit and you're like, oh, it'd be quite nice to have a little dip. So, yeah, it is. um, It's good fun. I'm enjoying it. It's, yeah, it's safe, basically. Talking of events, don't forget, you can get £100 off entry to next year's Highland Ultra with the code Inside Try, so capital letters Inside Try. That code is valid until the end of June 2022. I can highly, highly recommend the event. Chris King and his team put on an absolute stonker of an event. And if you are a Vino buddy or a training buddy over on Patreon, you will have got the full lowdown, day by day audio diary from Rich and. And if you like what I do, if you listen regularly, then you can sign up to be a patron over at patreon.com forward slash inside try show. And talking of people who support the podcast, I actually had a really, really good chat with Ali McDonald from Resilient Nutrition last week. And they have a lot of cool things in the pipeline. So you will be hearing about that in the coming months. And Ali and Greg have pretty much stood by me by sponsoring the podcast for the last two years and I'm very very grateful to them for all of their support and hopefully I'm going to pick Greg Potter's brains he is a brainy guy very brainy guy over the next couple of weeks as well to bring you some nutrition advice for your races and gut training and and stuff like that so yeah watch this space on that front and by the way I will just say, I can highly, highly recommend shoving a pouch of long-range fuel nut butter in your pocket if you're heading out for a big hike or maybe a big ride. Or if you've got a jar, just have a spoon out the jar before an early morning swim. It is amazing stuff. So you can get 10% off everything over at resilientnutrition.com. Just use the code inside try 10 now I think it is safe to say that you enjoyed the recent episode with Nathan Ford. I know it wasn't an easy listen, I really do appreciate that, but I think it was an important listen. Leanne, you said this was such an eye-opening interview. Thank you, Nathan Ford, for being so open with us and Inside Tri Show for an incredible episode. I couldn't stop listening. So many great reminders to make every day count. G'day Ian, you said amazing interview. G'day, Kay, too. Kay, you said this was an incredible story of determination and resilience. It certainly put things into perspective. And Kay, sorry for the dodgy Aussie accent. I know you're not originally from Australia. And Kay, apologies as well, because this Friday's Tri-Commute Zoom is pretty much in the middle of the night for you. Yeah, being in Australia and everything. Uh, Katie and Hugh, I think you were just both left a little speechless after hearing Nathan's plans to do a bungee jump one day Jeff you said great podcast great athlete Eleanor you said another great episode and Kath you said Nathan's attitude and determination is an amazing it's so inspirational
1: time for this week's interview
0: Kat Matthews doesn't really need a massive introduction these days does she the British army physio who's on the BMC pro team made the podium on her Ironman world championship debut and it's pretty mad and easy to forget that Kat's first full professional season was only in 2019. She took up triathlon in 2015. She is the third fastest ever British female over the Ironman distance. At the recent world championships in St. George Kat posted a time of 8 hours and 43 minutes to finish second to now five-time world champion Daniela Reif of Switzerland, who crossed the line herself in eight hours and 34 minutes. And Kat finished ahead of 2019 world champion Annie Haug, who was third in eight hours and 47 minutes. So Kat and I caught up the week after her podium finish.
1: Ah, I'm pretty tired. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure whether I'm just tired from not doing much for the last week uh five days or whether I'm just tired from uh lack of sleep travel alcohol everything else or just whether it's like emotional tired. I just feel very calm and and therefore just like huh lacking energy but happy
0: happy's a good place to be happy's a good place to be what what has the last like yeah less than a week what what's it been like
1: I think pretty overwhelming is the is a good like one worder. Um, I obviously I, ex- I hit I hit the target that I wanted to achieve, which was to show that I am, you know, competitive on the world stage. And I think like performing when it really matters is a whole other level. Is just different to just rocking up and winning a race. That even if you perform well, so. I have no negatives about coming second as opposed to winning because coming second to Daniela was like pretty much a dream when she was on top form and then obviously beating Anne. So the podium itself in terms of like happiness I'm like totally satisfied with. Um and yeah just overwhelming in terms of the amount of people who've reached out and messaged and I just love that so much and I I love like feeling like I am really giving back to people so there's so many people have messaged saying oh my goodness I did a race at the weekend and your words really inspired me or thank you so much for talking about um this on your show with Lionel or I don't know there's been so many people and, and I've just I've been sort of so yeah heart warmed, I guess by um not just my own performance but how much it means to other people which is quite cool. That is very cool.
0: And which, is there one message in particular that you got and it kind of just made you go,
1: oh, oh my God. Um, there have been a couple, but I am not one to sort of like remember them and hold on to that. It's just, I guess it's more of the, the emotion at the time. Um, so no, I guess there's not one message I could just repeat to you. <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry about it at all.
0: And Kat, for you... How did that race pan out? Was it, did it go as you had expected or did it go almost better? Did it go worse?
1: So it's hard to say anything negative about a result when it was good, but um, yeah, I didn't have the best build, let's just say. Uh, And I think I was sort of kidding myself that everything would be great on the day. And I think there's so many people who sort of say that, but yeah, I was sort of pretending um, and just hoping. And there was nothing that in my previous racing history that should s- told me that you know it won't go right on the day so i was like cool i'm just going to roll with this see how i have you know what i've got on the day um and i think having so many people pull out before the race and just a lot of people also just creating excuses and then saying oh, i may or may not race that i found that quite annoying um so there was no way i was going to put out any excuse or you know it was, Everybody turns up to the start line, whether they're ready or not, for world champs. in my opinion, as long as it's, you know, for the best interest of their health, obviously. Um, so, yeah, not the best build, which, again, is fine. That was just situational. And hopefully I can then therefore work on that in the future. Yeah. Um, and then the race itself, yeah, I got a great start. I knew from the 70.3 World Champs that having this beach start and us, the top 10, called out before, I knew that I'd have a good spot. I decided not to go and stand next to Daniela and Anne, although they all clumped together. I was like, no, I'm gonna stay where I am. I know I backed my little sprint. You get, you get a few steps before you have to dive. So I sort of backed myself for that because it had gone well in the 70.3s. And actually I got a great start and I was on the feet of, I'm pretty sure I was with the top three so um Lisa Fadella and Haley for about 10 meters um so obviously I got clear water which is amazing and then I sort of allowed the actual group that I knew I was going to be swimming with sort of sort of like come to me if that makes sense which was again a first and it was just so comfortable um and I saw Daniela she had a purple hat so I was like sweet I just I'm going to stick in this no matter what and actually it was quite comfortable I'd hoped I had a little look around and I hoped that I couldn't see Anne, so I sort of hoped she wasn't there, but she was. In <laughs> hindsight, um, and I sort of hoped Daniela would swim a bit better, but she actually had a bad swim, I think. So we ended up swimming as a big as a big group with Sky and Anne, and so I was like, ah, oh. it was a good it was good for me, but it wasn't like the absolute best situation, I guess. Um, not that it mattered at all, because then I had a bit of a mare in transition with my helmet and visor. Oh yeah, the
0: visor visor flew off, didn't it?
1: Yeah. uh basically the transition bags they've made them smaller and my helmet is obviously one of the bigger helmets so i saw this as i was packing it the day before and i was like right okay so i arranged the helmet perfectly so it was just a smooth pull out rather than any awkwardness and as i pulled it out the actually the the visor and the magnets sort of snapped a little bit and so i i thought oh it's just me i can't get it on i can't get it on whereas actually the i then yeah, I couldn't get it on the top either so I was like right I'll just put it in my mouth got out of transition I'll work it out when I'm on the bike but I must have lost I lost them so I had to work a little bit harder for the first 10k to catch them up which was, again was fine I just took my time to do it and then bin the visor at the first aid station because I was like, this is broken. So I just shoved it on my top, and then yeah, for 25k, and then um, yeah. So the first part of the bike, my power was well up on where I wanted to be, but I knew that that was sort of going to be the case with the world champs. So I was like, it's fine, it'll settle, it'll settle. Like surely Daniela can't, you know, keep <laughs> keep holding this pace. Sky was there as well, so I think that's where I was like, maybe Daniela can, but Sky, I'm pretty sure she can't, um, from past experience. And, uh, and I took the lead at like 25k for a stint and like settled it. And Daniel obviously was like, nah. And so she came back in front and I was like, okay, I'll cling on. Um, and then again, I took we sort of took it in turns for a bit and then it got to um halfway through i don't know where it was maybe about 50 or 60k mm-hmm. and there was a turnaround with a big climb out of town and i and she went for it she we sort of spoke just before this and she's like cool yeah like let's work together it was really cool so that was a really great experience and then she took the front on this hill and i was like oh i like we're talking like she started for me i was having to push very near threshold and we were already 60k in i'd already gone over my like I'd I'd be extended over my sort of target um average and I was like I just I don't think this is a good idea so I decided not to go with her and then just slowly leaked time for the next 100k or something and I actually had a real mental battle at that point maybe sort of 20k later I was like I'm losing I'm losing I'm gonna get caught and so yeah the bike wasn't the most happy but I've had much worse (laughs) and I was still I still stayed ahead so it was fine um it was just very very hard and um oh sorry um (laughs) and uh it's been a bit manic with media in the last month so it's been quite yeah last month last week so it's like constant um phone calls and things anyway um so yeah the bike itself fine I actually pushed average having started so high my overall average was lower than I had hoped and um, I don't know whether that was like a psychological preservation or whatever it's just I just faded a bit um like I said didn't have the best build so perhaps also it was just a realistic target at that altitude maybe I'd been a bit underestimated the course um mm-hmm. but what was the real drama was when I got off the bike I've never felt so bad normally I get off the bike and I'm like yay running um this was like uh-oh even coming into transition I was like I'm not sure if I can even do my normal like swing the leg over mount I was like I'm I'm actually not sure if my like leg and hip will be able to cope with that I always have a bit of a rubbish hip um like glute area uh and so I manage that every day all day um in life uh but it had got really painful on the bike and I was like I'm pretty sure this is more than just You know, exercise pain. This is like trauma pain, as in I'm I'm going to pay for this after the race, but I'll deal with that. So yeah, wasn't sure, but it was fine. Got off the bike, stumbled through transition. I think I was just a bit out of it still. Like I didn't even put my number on. I was a bit. It was all very. I was all very flustered, and I'm not sure exactly what what was going on at that point. Yeah. Whether I'd overheated in the snow canyon climb, perhaps. I don't know. Um. Still haven't worked out. And then yeah horrendous just felt horrendous uh the first kilometer I was like oh my goodness my legs have got absolutely nothing um which I just isn't normal for me and of course with this course you start uphill so it's 5k uphill 5k down 5k up 5k down ish um and yeah it was horrendous um I felt like I was getting blisters on my feet from the start and yeah it was a whole run felt awful (laughs) So Kat, how
0: the hell do you get through a whole marathon when you feel absolutely crap from the first step?
1: Genuinely, I just don't know. I still can't (laughs) even process it at the time like how I was doing it. And I saw this, like, now I'm, like, looking back, I'm like, how, like, what? Um, But I think, I think it was just, like, I read somewhere before the race about, like, running, like, show your heart. Uh, And I think it was just this idea of, like, it's the passion, I think. And it sounds a bit dramatic, maybe, but it was the first world champs I've ever had. And it was like, you're in the race. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm second. I've got potential to come third at this point. Obviously, I assumed that Anne would overtake me, but there was still second in my head. And I guess somewhere in the back of my mind was, Daniela hasn't run that well in the last year and a half. There is a chance, and I outrun her by about 15 minutes in Tulsa last year. Like, there is a chance she's gone off too hard, once she matched me for the first 10k, I was a bit like, nah, I think she's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like second, third, oh my goodness, it's a podium. And I think I just kept thinking about this, that I've done it before, I can do it again. My heart rate was actually fine, it was just my legs had absolutely nothing. And again, that's something I haven't experienced before. Normally it's like, my legs are sort of fine and it's like, you have to sort of either control yourself, like not go off too hard, or it's... um sorry um and uh yeah so I don't know is the answer to that and I just I just broke it down into stages so 5k uphill and then enjoy the downhill 5k uphill enjoy the downhill and it was just this constant like I'm okay I'm doing okay my legs feel rubbish but I'm physically moving forward quite quickly so it was like this a bit I guess it was a positive reassurance that it wasn't going like horrendously and because my heart rate was all right I was like well I'm still functioning so just keep going until you can't I guess was my like my sort of like headspace I think that is impressive (laughs) self-talk I I don't know it I guess it's sort of it's not something I practice or I guess it comes naturally so I'm not I can't take much credit for it
0: but like with right when you were training in the army did you have to do some exercises which were just horrific and again there is no choice you just carry on you're like okay I'm moving
1: yeah, and the thing with that is that I never had a choice. When you're doing army training, you've, you you abs- you can't say no. You can't say this is too much. There's so many people around, and the environment is that you have to do it. Obviously, you could pull out, but you don't. Um, it's not like a triathlon where you can just pull out at any moment. So I do think that there is an element of like, well, I've had it worse, um, you know, and I have a choice, so it's my choice to make. Do I want to pull out or do I not? And, and I think I think ultimate, I do really think that must have a like an input, an impact. If that makes sense, um, I think the worst I've ever had is, and this is the thing, my army experience is so little compared to some people. It feels silly talking about it, but in training, um, we had a nine day exercise I did with the reserves before I joined the regulars as a physio. And um, it was, yeah, we had a river crossing on day two and day seven. And it was it was in a horrible period of weather, even though it was in the spring, summertime. And uh, basically a river crossing means that everything you own, everything completely soaked, like your boots, for example. Like everything gets completely soaked. And you have a dry set of clothes, but your boots get wet. So it was just like this whole morale of it, of like completely wet on day two. And then you're spending the next two days drying out and then for you to get completely wet again and you know you can't have a shower there's nothing it's just it's horrendous and at the time you sort of get through it because everyone else is doing it but looking back it was like that was awful I didn't enjoy that one bit and yet again I guess that experience of well was, I can finish this race and have a shower and have a pizza <laughs> like it's not that hard
0: you can have a beer <laughs> so you <can> yeah
1: have... <laughs> I guess it does <laughs> yeah you can do what you want as soon as you finish the race so it was like it's all, it was only a couple of hours to go Yeah. Yeah.
0: What was the like the last sort of I don't know last five hundred meters or so? Like I saw a massive grin on your face towards the very end of that run. What was it like for you?
1: I mean, I think I smiled as I crossed the line. I don't think there was any smiling before that.
0: (laughs) Honestly, down down the carpet there
1: was. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair. So as you turn, as you finish the hill, you've got this horrible out and back before you turn to finish. And um, as you know, or people watching all know, but the out and back was like—I swear—it's like a kilometre long. It was just horrendous, and it had a bit of a hill in it as well. So you had to sort of run down to the turnaround and then come back up. Um, and it wasn't until I got to maybe like 200 metres or something before the—it was like as I turned, I saw somebody with their phone out, like smiling at me, and I was like, "Wow!" Like that's—I like smiled back, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." I've done it (laughs) so it wasn't until that moment that I really smiled and like enjoyed it and even then that whole stretch the finish line I was like "Ah, I'm not sure about you know like I don't know what I was feeling so yeah when I finished I was smiley. um yeah it was traumatic (laughs) and
0: uh, you definitely you might again it might all be a bit of a blur but you definitely took your sunglasses off to come down the final bit
1: yeah, it was just before that spectator that I was like, I started sort of think like, it's just, um, even though I've only been doing it for a couple of years, it feels like a bit of an, um, uh, what's it called, a robotic thing. Like, come to the finish, as you come to the finish, sort your hair out, <laughs> you know, or uh, sunglasses up. I I don't, I like the idea, like, you know, there's, there's a sort of rule, I guess, like, you want, you want to show your eyes as you finish rather than have your sunglasses on you know it's a personal emotional thing um it it was sort of lucky I lost my hat in a breeze of wind just before and because I was even thinking like oh how do I how do I get rid of my hat because I don't like the hat in photos (laughs) so I was like how am I going to put like get my hat out of the way um so yeah I guess it was conscious that whole last 500 actually maybe more like 500 meters of like right I'm finishing now and I couldn't see Anne, so it was quite nice that I could enjoy that. Wow. And and
0: then the finish line, obviously Daniela was there, wasn't she? What did she say to you when you crossed that line, Kat?
1: Uh, I think I sort of shouted at her first. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, you were incredible. Um, and then she obviously was very complimentary back. Um, yeah, we had a great chat. Just... I think it was just a mutual I, well for me it was a mutual respect thing obviously it was like eight minutes behind her so I'm not sure but she's she was very uh she was very complimentary but I I guess she also was like yeah but I also thrashed you um <laughs> I assume um so fair play and we just had a great like sh- yeah just a great chat about how fun the bike was like how cool it was that I came with her and like we sort of raced it together for a bit um and I guess she was also thinking about Anne on the run rather than necessarily me um we had a great chat so many great chats afterwards and like for example her cute sort of key supporter um was like chatting to Mark and I and it was like um Mark had shouted at me he was like I know you're not feeling great but just keep going and she was like you can't say that when there's other people around Mark because obviously I'm going to tell Daniela that and it was like all these things like ah oh. so it was just a real camaraderie between her and I which was like the coolest thing
0: <laughs> that's amazing and I guess even like three years ago like you were, would you have even imagined that
1: Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, what, three years ago, I... Oh, I I got my professional licence. um. Yeah, no. I mean, I thought I could race in the world champs, like, qualifying for the world champs was, like, was a dream, but I hadn't even done an out three years ago, so no. <laughs> um, Yeah, cool. You know,
0: right, going into this race, your name was mentioned a lot by a lot of people as you know she's going to win how did that make
1: you feel i genuinely for this race seemed to find a really good balance of like stress and expectation um i think it was the fact that i knew it was my first world champs so you do have this sort of buffer of being like any ex in a way it's an excuse if anything goes wrong it was like cool it's your first world chance, it's not a real big deal but I tried to push this aside to make sure that I didn't use that as an excuse and then everybody else saying oh she's going to do so well I was like people don't say that unless one they're biased and they think they like you and obviously that's really nice but people don't say that you know Chris McCormack, Mark Allen, um, you know Other people, other athletes, like professional athletes, the media, like um, statistics, you know, like Torsten, tri rating, um, for example, Brad Culp. I don't know, like maybe he's an an exception to that that list, but um, people don't say that unless there is statistical reason to say that. So I sort of took that as like, okay, if these people really think I can do it, then like, why don't I try and do it? properly and I think I use that sort of pressure of people saying you can do it as actual confidence to be like yeah I okay well cool I can do this what's stopping me from doing it and if I guess you could like Daniela performed outside of the statistics for her last year and a half two and a half years if she hadn't I guess I would have fulfilled that but my performance would have been the same um so Yeah, I I guess that's how I balanced it as like, it's only up to me and I can only do what I can do. And statistically, that should be good enough to, to win podium. We
0: took it all. We brought them to our land.
1: An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse carved it in the blood on our We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senua Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: And did those statistics then give you a little bit more confidence given that you said that your ha- your build hadn't been
1: great? No, because I think I the statistics side of it, or whatever people were basing it off, was my performance at Lanzarote. And I knew I had since then I'd hadn't had a good time. Um, but I know that in the future there's so much more I can do. So I'm like using that as like, cool, I, I've learned on the worst day, like psychologically, I've got this. And so therefore, going into Kona, for example, I was going to say Kauai then. I mean, just um, go with Kauai. I quite like that. <laughs> okay hawaii cats hawaii anyway um but i'm like yeah i can i've got more to offer without doing anything special so i'm not going to try and change anything to try and beat Daniela in the you know like next time i'm not going to change anything i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing and hopefully you to have a good build into it um you can never you know that's part of the world champ that's part of a world champs race is being fit and healthy enough to start so i just I guess you always have to mitigate, everybody will have mitigate, you know, um, reduced or adapted their training slightly, whether it was for health or for injuries. And I hate, I, I find it so frustrating when people finish their race being like, yeah, I had had a good race, but this went wrong, this went wrong. I'm like, well, that was your race. Like you, you deal with that. So yeah, no excuses.
0: What I do want to know though, Kat, is how are you feeling about, what did we just call it, kawaii,
1: <laughs> Koda. Uh, Yeah, I mean it's only in five months time so it's like the coolest thing because you just come off I mean I said I say it's the coolest thing that I think it's double-edged sword it's the coolest thing because it's like sweet new focus only five months I've got time off sub-eight time off and then Hawaii build like how great you don't have to have this whole period of like oh what do I how motivated am I I did it the other edge of the sword is like, oh, I'm only going to be second for five months and then I have to like reprove it again in a way. Um, but I guess that's, you know, that's the, that's the psychology of switching up a threat and an opportunity. So it's the opportunity to improve on second or to solidify a podium rather than the threat of losing it. That's what I should be thinking about.
0: I can tell that you've already got that excitement in you for it.
1: Yeah, but I mean I qualified for Kona in November twenty twenty and I want to race there so bad. So I'm a little bit emotionally um hesitant because I'm still actually a bit nervous it will just get cancelled again because it's happened before, twice. And so I think it's hard to be fully emotionally committed to it, but I feel like there's so much positive, you know, so much positive media coming out about it at the moment that I don't understand how it would be cancelled, like all of the logistics in terms of the volume of people and the event and the health situation. I don't feel like I'm, there's anything at risk there at the moment. They must have considered all of that. Um, so I'm hopeful, uh, yeah, and excited. And also just, again, uh, like we had the whole build plan, so hopefully the same, we'll just uh, replicate it. So uh, sort of Texas, PTO Dallas, you know in hawaii i'm gonna hopefully stay with patrick langer and my coach bjorn Giesman. um and yeah I, like it's gonna be a it's gonna be mental
0: where do you want to go next kat normally i would say let's go here next but you've mentioned two things that i want to chat about one of them being bjorn and the other one being um sub eight <laughs> which one should we go with first
1: <laughs> um the most
0: important bjorn <laughs> okay let's go let's go bjorn then so yeah how did that coaching change come about how did you meet Bjorn fill us in
1: um so I was previously coached um from 2017 or, and uh so age group age group professional 2019 and then my f- and then the whole of 2020 through Covid and my first Ironman win by Damon Littlewood who's um he owned the triathlon like bike shop in Birmingham just where I lived uh, and worked at the hospital so that was an excellent relationship and then it was sort of i guess probably the situation of covid and i just and this sort of it was a hard year for everybody and emotionally i was just a bit spent and i think i was looking for something different rather than any there was zero problems with that relationship so we went away over the Christmas holiday actually in 2020 when there was like a gap, a quick gap, and we um, were in Lanzarote and Patrick Langer was training out there. And Mark and Patrick had become friends uh, the year before, before Kona, when they had trained together with Will Clark, um, who incidentally, that was the BMC relationship um, uh, ignition, was Will recommend- recommending me. Um, and yeah I just chatted to Patrick generally about coaching and just life and professional life and he's he's such a mentor uh in the sport to me and to to, and to others it's really cool I've learned a lot from Patrick um and yeah he was he basically was sort of said well lots of information and at at the end it was well if you wanted you could always have a chat with my coach Bjorn which was a bit of an invite you know and and an offer that I was like wow that's so generous because obviously sharing a professional coach with someone is you know it's always a balance because you want it to be a fully about you and you know as soon as you start sharing things it's you know you spread the love I guess so it was really cool that Patrick you know I guess in a way you're inviting someone to train with you and in your squad so yeah it was a massive um massive gift and I had a chat with Bjorn and it was like I thought it was quite cool, um, quite laid back. Uh, we had the same ideas about run volume and just training and being like happy rather than being overstressed. And yeah, it I guess it sort of was like, let's give it a go. I was a bit, as with any coaching relationship, it was difficult to start with. You're not quite sure what's going on. It was completely different to what I'd been doing before. As in volume was about the same, but I was doing biking and running on the same day, which for me was like, what? I had never done that before um, and I guess like it was quite basic to start with because I was in the UK and I was on the turbo lots it was like just 75 minute sessions and I was like I need to do more training I think and he, and it was like no nope, just crack on with this for the next month and then we can discuss it I was like okay and it's a lot of trust isn't it starting with a new coach so yeah it was really hard so this was 2021 um, and then I raced in Tulsa in May 21 which was my first Ironman with him and going into that race I was like I'm not even sure if I can do do this like I I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go I had had done obviously none of the training I'd done before that you that you sort of have then the trust that okay well if I do that I can do this race Uh, absolutely nothing but everything in training had been going perfectly so no injuries like just smooth sailing progression 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 and yeah, and Tulsa went really well, so I was like, okay, cool, I'm I'm sold. <laughs> um, so yeah, since then it's just been like a few training camps with him and with Patrick and Boris Stein, for example. I've like the confidence to ride with them in a training ride. That's massively improved my confidence and my zone two sort of power output, which is, you know, a massive um, performance indicator. And so, yeah, uh, there's been ups and downs. Uh, it's... It's always tough. I don't think you can ever have a perfect coach relationship, but the, cool, the coolest thing about, um well, one of the cool things about him, I guess, is that I can just we chat whenever I want, and it's never like too much or not too little. It's just like cool. And if I have feedback, like I think I would really value, you know, a little bit more f- feedback on this session or this week. I really need a bit more support. It's like cool. yeah done. Like and it, it's like that receptive. Like yeah, whatever you need. To make you feel as happy as possible is is his sort of idea and I love the psychology of it like going into a race I'm like do I need to do some longer bike rides and he's like well if you want to if you think that would make you feel better but you don't need to physiologically I'm like cool well I'm not bothered about doing six hours then um so let's not bother um so yeah I think I love the science and he's a sports scientist background um from cycling so it can be a bit mundane, I guess, but that's what you need to do to just have this st- slow, steady, progressive overload.
0: And you mentioned a very important word there, cat, which I want to pick up on. Happiness. <laughs> how do you, how do you, st- how do you then stay as a happy, as a happy cat?
1: <sighs> um, I think just support from the right people, positive energy. it's very it's a very i guess the training i do is quite easy it's not crazy high volume so i'm not like knackered all the time it peaks and troughs so when we go away on a training camp it's like yeah i am pooped and all i do is train eat sleep repeat three times a day um And I guess I get a lot of load from that. But then when I come home, it's like, cool, easy week. And we're talking like 15 hours a week. So I have the time to go to the cafe, enjoy my life, pop to the post office, you know, like relax and and enjoy the lifestyle rather than just be thrashed all the time. And I don't really do that many sessions that are like just horrendous, you know, four hours or six hour bricks and stuff like this. I just don't do that. So every session, like especially running, I'm like, sweet, I get to run like and it's like this pure enjoyment of yeah cool um it's not always like that there's some days (laughs) where i'm like oh i just can't be bothered but mostly i'm like sweet i get to do this and i can improve and because the session's never that hard it's like cool that was fine i enjoyed that um so yeah
0: (laughs) i like that and um cat with the (laughs) with the running on the days that you do feel oh what are they like
1: i think it's more the long bike like if it's i got like a 3 hour bike and i can't be bothered because i've done 3 hours the last 5 days i think that's that's probably more when i'm like oh cuz it's the effort of going out especially if it's not the nicest of weather and just putting the kit on and then it's just like oh. and if you've already swum in the morning it's like seriously i get to like 2pm and i'm like probably should start <laughs> um, so yeah it's not normally the run and run i normally find quite easy because i just go and it's like cool that was easy but um yeah it's hard I think I just have to I always remind myself that on those days where I'm healthy and I can do the training that I can do it I'm not injured and I think once you've had a big injury or any significant injury that's taken you out for a while you just have this gratitude to be able to train so when those days are bad I'm like well I I have the opportunity to do this and it will make me better even if I feel rubbish. So just, so take the opportunity to do it. Um, it doesn't always work, but it's, you know, it's one headspace. And the other is at the moment for me as a professional, it's this idea. Again, it's like Patrick said this to Will Clark in Texas in 2019. And it's like, just do your job. Um, so it's just this idea of like, this is my like job. And yeah, some I haven't had to get up at 7 a.m. to go to the office. I haven't had to, but I have to get this training session done. Um, that is my job for today. I have to do it, and I I honestly don't think I've missed a session down to like mentally not being bothered or able for like years. Like I'm not I'm not. Yeah, it's it is what I have to do every day, so I don't see it as as um, a choice basically. <laughs>
0: Do you, Kat, is, do you think there's anything from your time at Headley Court as well, working as a physio with people who perhaps couldn't do some things? Do you think, again, that helps you with, it sounds cheesy, but that gratitude?
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, you just reminded me. Um, you asked earlier in the conversation about the one message that really like struck you. I got an email that came through from my website where people can just submit um, messages or to contact me. And it was from a patient I treated at Headley Court for months. And he was, um, he had a, yeah, he had a brain injury um, from an incident. And he messaged just saying like, wow, I thought I recognised you. What you've done is just, you know, and he, and it was just, and he was just like so grateful and so proud to have worked with me and to have been part of that it was really cool so yeah back to that bit but has Headley helped with the gratitude yeah I mean definitely most of the injuries there were more complex than just um unfortunate circumstances however some of them were unfortunate circumstances and I think knowing that you Yeah I think knowing that you can improve at any stage is always inspiring so I think seeing people when they can't sit up or whether they can't stand still um, because their balance is off or whether they can't walk down the stairs without getting dizzy um, or even physically walk I think that makes you realise that to be so motivated to get back to something yeah yeah I hadn't really I haven't really thought about so maybe I'm waffling a bit but I guess it is this pathway of you can always try so it's up to you whether you try or not and we had I saw a lot of people who just who who tried and there were some who just couldn't and they had nothing more to give and try so that was I guess again just like learning about the reasons why people want to try um, and what motivates people at any stage is quite interesting
0: you're thinking, have I said, have I waffled there? No, you haven't at all. Absolutely. <laughs> you always come out with wisdom, Cat, And it's that kind of stuff that I think, yeah, makes us very grateful to be able to do um, what we can definitely do. There was something which I was about to say, and then I've had a total brain fart. And I told you before we hit record, I had a brain fart earlier. So who knows? I might come back to it. Let's go on to sub eight, because I really don't know what I was going to ask you. Cat. sub eight, how did it come up? <laughs>
1: Um, As you know, unfortunately, Lucy Charles had to pull out due to um, her injury, Um, and I guess around that time it was becoming a little bit uncertain as to what was going on with her and Sub-8. And to be completely clear, my agents uh, at the moment are Mana Seg, who work directly under the Chris McCormack empire should we call it um and which of which phoenix is part of so they had um an in uh to chat to the project and i was keen to be involved in regards to the idea of um like i th- I genuinely thought when it first got announced, I was a bit sceptical. And then I was like, actually, I think I'd be quite good at that. Like I've come from a time trialling background in a way, rather than this professional racing scene. And it's my, um, it's the bike and the run, the bike that you can really capitalise on. And I've got the skill and experience on the bike to do that. And I think the teamwork to facilitate that whole event. So I had, I feel like I was actually... And again sorry but i felt like i was actually better i would be better not that i'd proved it yet in racing at lucy than than you know to do that style of event as a time trial um so i guess there was a bit of like toing and froing between like am i good enough or you know do we want to just go with just nicola and they decided to give me a shot which before the world champs was obviously i guess a bit of a risk for them um and yeah so i i Jumped at the opportunity. Um, I still think I'm. I'm pretty confident I can beat Nicola. My team of cyclists is very good. I'm not sure about hers. We'll see. I think it's all being announced next week. But I, yeah, I've got some triathletes doing the swim, um, friends, um, and the bike is majority is made up by um, some excellent um, local time trialists who have experience of team time trial as well um, and a sort of safety net in that I have uh, also close friends in front of me in the bike so in terms of communication and risk is lowered um, I think the challenge is the capacity so obviously like being a good cyclist I, I need people who are better than me um, and it's it like <laughs> that that's hard unless you're looking at the GB uh, squad which unfortunately because it's the women's tour of Britain I think uh, that same week there was lots of conflicting races so some of them were really interested but they couldn't actually commit um, not that that devalues who I have in the team obviously because they're superstars um, so yeah I'm, it's going to be great the, the like atmosphere on the whatsapp group is like so much fun already and there's so much camaraderie it's, it's going to be a really a very unique experience um so yeah we're going to go in sort of smaller groups that will rotate in and out to make sure that the power stays high enough that the speed is high enough for me to then also be you know comfortable enough so i guess i'm hoping that i can cruise along in zone two at a sort of very neutral state of not um, expending too much muscle glycogen which obviously normally you have to um and then get off the run and run a fresh marathon four weeks after the world champs fresh um no excuses just realism uh and yeah and then I have a great friend from the army who you know on the run so it's going to be really cool it's exciting it's going to be cool (laughs) I'm excited personally not only because of like the whole event but I'm sort of hooked on this idea of if I can practice running a really good marathon off the bike off an easy bike i can use that in future races to say "Mm -mm, i've i don't need to think about the this 240 this 250 mark i'm thinking about the 240 mark um yeah that's cool for me
0: and what is your training like leading into this sub eight is it going to be any different over the next couple of weeks in terms of like that that run volume to be able to run that fresh marathon
1: i think my Preparation for the Sub-8 would have been very different if I had been doing it, planned to do it for the last six months. Um, However, everybody as part of the event is very aware that the World Champs Ironman came first and then Sub-8, which was a really good position to be in and I don't think it could have been any other way. So it was already an event that that would have compromised Lucy and now me and then also Christian and would have been Alistair. Um, Obviously Nicola's coming into it fresh, but she's had her own challenges to balance um, my, I would have had to like a proper end of season, end of season, but mid season break after, um, St. George, if I hadn't been doing sub eight. So the biggest difference is that as soon as my body feels healthy enough to start training, I'll get back to it much quicker. And I think run volume again, it's more about just being healthy. I think for me, naively maybe, but based on previous experience. As long as I can be healthy on the start line, I think I can run a hard marathon rather than feeling I need this big build into it. Um, And I think, yeah, four weeks after a marathon and a marathon that was like that, where not only was it the course that was horrendous, but I emptied the tank completely. I think I just need to be healthy Um, and and the speed will be there and it will be about morale (laughs) and it will be about the bike fueling so that's interesting um and again it's just an opportunity to sort of perfect that in a way get the balance perfect for then the run and the runs around a racetrack as is most of the bike so it's again the the perfect opportunity to go fast um on the flat with some fancy carbon shoes (laughs) and have you had this um input from
0: lots of science and you know like the best nutrition and all that kind of stuff is it like another level to to normal
1: mm, no <laughs> basically um no I mean I've had what three weeks before the world champs I wasn't I'm not going to change anything um and now I've got two weeks until I go out so uh, no, basically, I'm not I'm not really changing much at all. Um, and that reassures me that I'm already in a really great space with regards to, you know, the top performance in everything. I've already sort of optimised everything I can. Um, it's not like I'm deciding not to optimise my area position for a world, Ironman World Champs and then I would optimise it for sub eight, for example. Um, there's been lots of input in terms of advice and I guess more regarding the team time trial format that um actually Mark my husband has just absorbed he we went into this project together um I said I didn't I couldn't do it alone and I'm going to need I needed him to do everything except for physically me performing so he's taken on the role of I guess management and he's doing everything so he's coordinating all of the kit all of the you know aerodynamics all of the the team coordination so uh, in a way I I don't have the best answers for that and I think he'll be able to give better answers
0: how much are you looking forward to it though it's just something completely different
1: yeah I mean I find it quite hard to look forward to stuff when there's something else before it Mm -hmm. um so before the world champs I was I wasn't really able to get emotionally invested in it and now even though I should be absolutely pumped from the world champs and I and I am as it as in like positively and negatively in terms of fatigue i'm i am already looking forward to it and i think the biggest thing for me is that it's a team thing and i just love this idea of like yeah maybe it is like a bit selfish as in i'm the one who's doing the event and they're working for me to enable me to do the event but at the same time to me it's a team and i can't cross that finish line first unless they work their hearts out as a team on the bike mainly. Obviously the swim and the run is also part of it, but the biggest part is going to be the bike and that's trust, it's communication, it's effort, it's, it's everything. So that to me is the coolest thing that I'm excited about.
0: And will you get to practice some of the team time trial, like just generally that sort of that formation, the kind of swapping in, swapping out, or will the first time you practice that be at the location? Yeah,
1: um, again, great, great question. So everybody else has had the time to practice. Um, We have, you know, 10 members confirmed, but everyone's spread around wherever they live. And um, yeah, we're getting out there early. So we're going to be out there Monday, Tuesday of the race um, on the Sunday. And that's the plan, is that sort of daily training to really hone that in. And I think that's one of the reasons why we really wanted um people with team time trial experience and a couple of them already raced together as team time trials so it's it's utilizing their skills to help me rather than having to have so much time together obviously it would have been better if we could you know get together every couple of weeks for a team time trial practice and to really mix things up and really work on that um so yeah maybe I'm not absolutely optimizing that side of it but I feel like with their experience we'll be able to optimize it in a much shorter period of time on the racetrack and actually doing it on the racetrack will obviously be much easier as well so when we're in the venue we've got full access to it it's obviously there's a 16 kilometer i think uh road section before you get to the racetrack from the lake and then it's all on the racetrack and so we've yeah open access to that with everybody will have um you know facilities uh that we can also train around that so it's yeah Pros and cons, but I I feel like at the end of that week before the race we'll be in a really good position.
0: It's going to be it is going to be exciting to to follow it, Kat. And I want to ask a, a tiny bit about the head. Right, I'm pointing to my head as I point to this. Um, you <laughs> seem to be genuinely very like very sort of level headed, and and I was just wondering about the about the psychology side of things and do you have input with that is it something that you've worked
1: on i've had three sessions with a sports psychologist in the last two years um so yes i've asked for help but i think often i've already sort of come up with the ideas and solutions and i just find it easy to talk it through um there's definitely been some good input through so uh, with the army i have access to TAS which is the university scholarship scheme for uh high performing athletes and so i'm able to access sports psychology at the moment through bath university and there is a guy who i have chatted to a couple of times called james Lamborn, and um he actually was really good at sort of yeah listening to what i had to say and then he created or well, we discussed a like a confidence profile. And we basically sort of listed like what makes me confident and therefore and then sort of ranking it and rating it. And then I was able to review this and say, OK, well, therefore, what do I need to do to make that number better? Um, so this year I've really I feel like that was massive. And I did that in October and I haven't really reviewed it since because it was so useful. I was like from that I made decisions for the next six months of being like, right. If, if I can do this and commit to this, then that's going to make me confident going into the swim. So it was like, right, volume and a training group. And I did that. And then before the race, it didn't really matter how the swim went because I'd, I'd achieved the goal I set out to achieve, which was being confident going into it because I'd done everything I could do. Um, sounds simple maybe when I rationalise it, but I, I think it's just this, I really like structure and rational deductions so i i just use that to sort of settle my mind but it might seem like i'm very level headed i'm sure my husband mark would give you a completely different answer (laughs) because half the time i'm like all over the place and yeah i'm i'm a massive worrier like i worry about everything all the time and i like i guess i have found a way to cope with that and to balance that but there's a lot of times where i'm like i'm sat on the sofa even this week i sat on the sofa feeling rubbish Because I just eaten for three and drank for three days, and I was like, "Oh, like I feel rubbish. How on earth am I going to do triathlon again?" And I, you know, like this constant self doubt definitely drives me to be better. (laughs) So, cat
0: self doubt. See, we swapped the body image for self doubt. This is good. (laughs) Right, self doubt though. I guess people might look at you and you don't, you don't necessarily come across as having lots of self doubt.
1: Yeah. But don't we all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I try really hard to put what make my social media as honest as I can, but sure. Like when I'm having a little cry because something's gone really badly, I'm not going to put that on social media. Um, well not at the time anyway, I might reflect on it, but so I think, it's very hard to really portray absolute everything because it's a vulnerability, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I'm not going to put on my social media three weeks before an event that I'm feeling like I'm sat on the floor and I don't think I can even... What's the point in even going? Because I can't even push 200 watts, let alone 250 or 300. Um, so, yeah, constant self-doubt. Like I said, you know, what if what if my blister doesn't heal? What if I can't run tomorrow? What if I... You know, what if I'm like constantly worrying about it? Um, And I think I think that's normal. (laughs) I've sort of tried to accept that that's normal and it's it only becomes a problem if you haven't got the balance or you can't deal with it. And yeah, there's times when I haven't got the balance right. Um, You know, I've cut trips short because I can't cope with the situation I'm in or I've had to completely change race plans because it's not it's not working or it's not right. Um, and I think I've just learned quickly that I have to I have to be mentally sound to be physically healthy as well so yeah the two are really really entwined Um, it also helps that I have a real passion for like psychology and I love to read about it and or to listen to audiobooks and podcasts and I think it's just education at the end of the day like I love I love to educate myself and then apply it to my life Um, I've got a lot more to learn I'm sure (laughs)
0: And Kat, I want to finish off on one thing. I know that you are very very passionate about and you mentioned it at the beginning actually, inspiring others. What would be your almost like the, the biggest thing that you would like to get across to people with that?
1: Um I think it's the mindset of uh like emotion that you can control how you feel about things. Um and I've, I, it's not my idea. Like I, I read and I learn and then I try and portray this. But I, I hope to make it more relatable by them portraying it to other people rather than them having to read the book and learn it for themselves. So I think it's, yeah, it's the idea that we're always faced with challenges and it's up to us to how we then cope with that emotionally and decide what we do about it. And I think with triathlon, that's one of the cool things about the sport is that there's challenges every single day. And it's about overall, to me, it's more important that you enjoy that day rather than achieving a certain thing. Um, So I guess my advice would be that once you've made a decision to commit to something, stick at it. So have, have reasons for the decision and then fulfill it. And that's the most rewarding element of the day and the week and the month and the year rather than finishing a race in first um well it, it has been for me in the last six months that's really helped me like this this sort of idea of like decision commitment um and yeah you're in control of your own emotion Cat, you're a star thank you too kind <laughs> well hopefully lots of people will be inspired by the triathlon lifestyle and be happy to live it that would be the dream Thanks for listening to the Inside Tri Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Tri Show.
0: Thank you very much for letting me know what you have been up to. I love hearing it. Pete, you've had your first sea swim of the year you said Burr. nick i hope you are feeling better you got COVID, but you did say it meant i felt zero guilt spending nine hours watching the world champs deb well done to you you did 75 miles on your bike in beautiful sunshine in preparation for ride london alicia you said i raced in the world Triathlon championships in the middle distance in Viborg, in denmark it was the first time for me In the GB age group, Viborg is a beautiful cobbled city, but six lots of cobbles on the run are not fun. Kay, I love this. You said, my replacement TT bike turned up five months early. Kay, this is clear that you are not in the UK because I don't think any bikes would be turning up five months early at the moment. But you said, I had a jaunt out on the road. It was the first time on the TT outside since a racing accident back in January it was a fast, smooth ride. Great news as well from John, who's also back on his bike nine weeks on from a crash. David, you said you were tail walking recovery at Park Run. Keith, first time back in Italy for three years. Oh, I've missed it, you say. Keith, I I do miss Italy since our big bike ride back in 2017 when Rich and I rode the length of Italy. Oh my God. I miss it. I miss the pizza. I miss the delicious food. I miss the sunshine. Anyway, Rob, you did the rat race, a dirty weekend. It was a 20 mile obstacle race with 200 obstacles. (laughs) Fun, fun, and fun. Mark, you were doing a sprint aqua bike. Another Mark, you were out in the sunshine at Ironman 70.3 Mallorca. And then Thomas, boom to you. You said, I finished top 10 in a local race in brackets. Eight people started in my category. Excellent work, Thomas. Keep me posted with what you are up to. You can reach out to me at Inside Tri Show on social media, or you can always drop me an email. It's Helen at Inside trishow.com. Do not forget, you can get 10% off everything over at ResilientNutrition.com. Just use the code Inside Try 10. For a discount at 33Fuel.com, use the code Inside Try 33. And then comfuel.co.uk will also give you some money off with the code Inside Try. That is it from me for this week. Hopefully, see you on Friday at the Tri commute. But otherwise, happy training, happy racing, and we'll catch up again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.